shown me to be a very now word. Two weeks ago, we looked at the subject of being, not being deceived. And the more we walked into that message, the more the revelation of the word of God in the nowness of time began to manifest. This is where we sit. We are in a prophetic moment like the world has never seen. No one living before you has come this close to the end of time. That's a given, but it's true. Amen. And for reasons that you won't understand until you see Jesus, God has elected to place you right here, right now. On the cutting edge of the universe. Facing what no other civilization has had to face through the agency of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And let me tell you now, before you lose sight of the point, in yourself, you can do nothing. Zero. Mm. So don't even let that come around your door. Get rid of it. No one is getting through this thing without the power of the Holy Spirit. And nobody's getting through it without God. Do you, do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? I'm telling you that with every love I have for you because if you do not apply this principle, you will put yourself at very much risk. And it's, and it's needless. You need not do that. Luke 21.8 is the core verse. And he said, Jesus being the speaker, take heed that you be not deceived for many shall come in my name saying I am Christ. And the time draweth near. Go ye not therefore after them. Do not wander into the darkness ladies and gentlemen, chasing something that is not God. Find yourself the place where God would have you to be. Bunker down and stay there. In this scripture, as we have established already, Jesus does not say things for naught. He doesn't just up and say things because it, it sounded cool at the moment. He's telling us something for our lives. And if we take heed, and I want to try to, to walk at the pace that people receive. I personally can get very excited about the word of God. I can get very excited about what I'm seeing and I can take off running. And you might shout, say, slow down. So if, if I start moving too quickly, just kind of clip your hand up so I'll know to apply the brakes a bit. Because in the night hours, in the morning hours, I have been to the end of the universe and looked over and seen 20 years ahead. Where are we going? <laughs> While men slept, this, this place is alive. It, it has, me, has me buzzing in a type of way. Matthew 13, 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven 
is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. Now your first observation, your first reading of that particular passage, what you see is actually what is there. God has sown his good word. His word is flawless. There was nothing wrong with the word sown by the man. There's nothing wrong with the ground. The ground is flawless. The ground is ready to receive the seed. In fact, the ground received the seed. What happened is what's happening in verse 25. Conditions, as we have said in many times, conditions were met for fulfillment. You cannot have anything happening in the earth without conditions of fulfillment being met. What were the conditions? Men went to sleep. Nobody's watching. The, while the sowing was going on, everything is fine. The, the seed is going in the ground. That's cool. That's the way it should be. There wasn't a problem until men went to sleep. Jesus tells us to watch, yes. to take heed, yes. to, to be vigilant. What happens is people fall, and there's a lot of ways to fall asleep. Any true sleeper can tell you. <laughs> you can fall asleep sitting. You can fall asleep lying. You can fall asleep leaning. You can fall asleep on the steering wheel. How many drivers have gone off the road because they fell asleep? You can be like grandpa and fall asleep in the easy chair in front of the television. Uh, and we have seen little children on in person and on commercials, falling asleep while eating food in the mouth, even while chewing, and they still go to sleep. Tell me about falling asleep. There's a lot of ways to fall asleep. I've been sitting in places preaching and looking at a glass-eyed saint, and the saint's head hasn't moved in 10 minutes because they're asleep, but their eyes are straight ahead. <laughs> so, wow. This is called church coma because he's gone <laughs> right there. And you start to smack your hand. They used to tell us in the old church to stand up. Everybody stand up. Praise the Lord, everybody. And they get you there and make you stand up and do a little, you know, church gymnastics. When they saw people getting sleep, and they, yeah, and then sit back down. You're right now. So, so falling asleep, ladies and gentlemen, is the linchpin of the discussion in this section. It's not until you fall asleep can somebody with ill intention do something to you. You see, if I'm vigilant and I'm watching, I'm aware of what's around me, my circumstances. So when we come to the text and we look and then we come and we look again, what do we see? We see an enemy who has observed the cycles of humanity. I know when they sleep. Oh, yes. He's not coming when you're awake. He knows when you're awake. No, I'm, I'm waiting until they are asleep. Because your behavior, your characteristics are specific when you're asleep. Teach, Holy Spirit. You don't act the same when you're asleep as when you're awake. 
Now, I know there's some fitful sleepers. I can raise one of my hands at least. And I've been in many battles in the night and, and, and kicked the radiator. Bad Jesus' name, you know. You go on to war at night. Uh, well, you should know. And I remember my father, I guess I inherited it, way back in the day shouting, Jesus! And everybody wakes up, what is happening? And he's in a dream. <laughs> he's fighting something. I'm hoping you're winning, Dad, because you don't woke everybody up. <laughs> so the enemy knows they're not as aggressive when they are asleep. They have this one word that he runs from in terror. And he knows he knows as long as you are asleep, you won't utter that word as readily. Now, your spirit man never sleeps. So your spirit man can always say that name. But he knows consciously when they are asleep, the one word that repels him, the one name that pushes him off, that keeps him out of the gate, you may not utter. So he makes his approach when you're asleep. Certain doctrines put you to sleep. Yeah, I walked on the other side of that. Yeah, I know I did. I just walked on the other side. Certain teachings are designed to put you to sleep. Take you off of your defensiveness. Every one of us should be sitting with a ready rifle in their laps. Amen. Or in their hearts. David said, thy word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. So that ready rifle is ready to take action. You are vigilant and you are watching anything that comes through that door. I have a bead on it. Well, what is the door? The ears, the eyes, the mind. Those are all doorways. Nothing is getting in this building unless it comes through a door or a window. There has to be. So the conditions here were, I know the good man sowed the good seed in the good soil. I don't have to deal with that. All I need to do, the enemy says, is wait for them to go to sleep. And then I'll strike. He comes and does his business. He plants what are called Tears. And if you've done your research, I know you Bible studies students, you have done your research. You know that a tear looks exactly like wheat when it's growing. Mm -hmm. They're almost indistinguishable. You can't tell one from the other until a certain time, which is the harvest time, when it peaks in its fullness. And then you can see the tears, the darnell. You can see the discoloration. It's, that's not wheat. But by then they have been intermingled with the wheat. So the truth, the word, and the lie have been blended together. Jesus said, watch. Jesus said, take heed. Amen. So you can spot the difference between a darnel, a tear, and a shoot of wheat. If you cannot tell, is this sermon you're hearing right now, is this the truth or is it a lie? This is the only way you can tell with this book. Oh, I like the pastor. That doesn't mean he's telling the truth. Oh, I don't like the pastor. That doesn't mean he's lying. Hello. It's his word. Jesus 
says that when men met the conditions, the enemy came, he sowed the tares, and this is where the Holy Spirit was talking to me this morning, just a few hours ago. I didn't have a chance to even to get it down properly, but I'll give it to you the way it was given to me. He said, and he went his way. My question that came to me is, where did he go? Mm. Where did he go? Mm. He came to your turf, your house, mm -hmm. your field, your family, your genealogy, your lineage, your people, your culture, you understand, your country. And what did he do? He came and he spoiled and he left. Where did he go? And as I'm driving in my truck, getting this revelation, I begin to pray, Father, in Jesus' name. Whoever came to sow that seed, that tear, send your angels after them, wherever they went. Bind them in Jesus' name and cast them to outer darkness. Amen. What have you just done? You just arrested mm. a spoiler of fields and stopped them from going to the next field to do the next thing. Now you're dangerous. <laughs> you learned to pray something that nobody was praying before you in that way. So that the enemy who's going around sowing tares will be arrested. Oh, come on, church, help me here. Do you see what's happening? It, 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 let me go the natural ways. Let me help the natural folks. Okay, you got three houses in a row. You got Bob, you got Sob, and you got Lob. I know, they're in messed up names. Okay, all right. So the enemy robs Bob on Monday night. <laughs> Tuesday night he comes to Saab Same MO Saab is asleep Breaks in Robs What do you think The third guy should be doing now <laughs> Do you understand Even in police networks We have a, a thief in the Neighborhood breaking in homes, breaking in cars. You immediately go to work to stop the person. We have a rapist, the Riverside rapist or whatever. You go to work to stop them. So if that principle is clear there, why not here? Who came to my field last night? Who sold these tares and went their way? Where did they go? I don't know. God knows. So we're sending the Holy Ghost posse. That's a Texas word. Back in the day when they had cowboys, they sent a posse after the villain. A few good men got together with a few good guns, and they said, we'll go get those guys. It was called a posse, and they rode out after them. They were saying, we're going to stop you from being what you are. So when the enemy comes and sows tares, rather than just saying, oh, Gee, my field has tares in it. What are you going to do about it? Send someone who can deal with them on their level to go get them, arrest them, bind them, and put them out of commission. Church, please, 
your brothers and sisters around the world are hoping you would catch what was just said because there are folks in prison right now, folks in chains right now, folks under oppressive governments right now, hoping that somebody would pray this prayer, that somebody would get this message. They've been calling for help for 20 years. Somebody wake up. Don't be asleep. There's a thief going and stopping people from reaching their destinies, sowing tears into their life. What is the thing about the tear? It's growing unannounced. It was undiscovered. Men were asleep. And it's growing. It's actively. It's not dormant, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just sitting there. It's doing something. We're looking at children. Obesity right now is off the scale. Drugs, attention, deficit disorders are being diagnosed daily off the scale. Autism at an all-time high off the scale. Somebody is planting tears. Jesus, help me. While men are asleep, though, Our beloved brothers and sisters in America are about to be radiated at a level higher than any radiation level among human beings when they roll out 5G in America and saturate them from house to house within 15 feet of each other. Networks of radiation over the nation. And I don't care how good your church service is. Sitting under those beams. If you do not understand what you are facing, you won't be able to protect yourself against it. Little girls. Unable to have children. Why? Because they've been walking around for five years holding the laptop over their ovaries. While men sleep. Boys with testicular, testicular cancer. Why? Walking around with a mobile phone in their front pocket day after day, getting doses of radiation into their testicles while men are asleep. People can't sleep at all because the Wi-Fi is too close to their head, beaming right into their skull as they're asleep while men sleep. This is, what, this is what's happening while men are sleeping. Video after video of people in the bathroom, in the toilet, in the bedroom, being watched by their Xbox through the camera, on while they think it's off. Smartphones being turned on while they think they're off. Listening to your conversations, tracking while men are asleep. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the truth. I hope you enjoy your stay. Follow the enemy, Daddy God. Arrest them. Bind them with chains so they will stop terrorizing others' fields. Ezekiel 3.17, Son of man, listen, I'm calling you. Son of man, I'm calling you. I have made thee a watchman. Unto the house of Israel. Blind watchmen are not in high demand, folks. 
a sleep watchman. There, there are no advertisements to saying, we need a sleeping night guard, please. Someone who can snore at least five times an hour and uh, not rouse when burglars come. There are no adverts like that. Watchmen are vigilant. Watchmen are looking. It's not about walking around being, let me correct the devil right now in Jesus' name. It's not about walking around being morose, can't smile, and no joy. Being, oh, I'm so serious. I'm, these are serious times. I'm a serious. No. You got the wrong idea. It's about being spiritually aware of whatever is moving in your house. Whatever's moving in the houses that you visit. How many folks go to visit other folks and they turn off all their discernment? There's an idol right there. There's a rosary over there. There's some red candles back there. Oh, is that a Barbie? No, that's a voodoo doll. Okay, no problem. (laughs) Not aware of what is going on. So when we are aware spiritually... The watchman. God is saying, I've called you to be a watchman. Mm. I've called you to be a watchman. Watch, watchman. Therefore, hear the words at my mouth and give them warning from me. Who am I warning? Everybody. Mm. How do I know if it's someone I'm supposed to be speaking to? Are they listening to you? Then that's someone you should be talking to. Mm. Do you have their attention? That's someone you should be speaking to. How do I know? Because if you are there, hello, God is there. And if you and God are there, you're going to tell me that that's another human being right beside you and he doesn't care about them? Of course he does. I need to care about them. Mm. And every person I meet, what what am I asking God? How do I start a conversation with this person about Christ? What is the road in? Everybody has different personalities, different personality types. Everybody's different. So with this person, that person, there's no cookie cutter thing to say, oh, I'll just do my usual routine. It won't work. We have different ways of listening. Learning styles, okay? So every person that God has put in my purview, in my vision, how can I begin to speak to him about Christ. Ezekiel 33, 6. But if the watchmen see the sword come, don't think there are no consequences. Look at this. But if the watchmen see the sword come and blow not the trumpet, what is he doing? He's refusing to do his job. Here you are with the trumpet. Is there anything wrong with the trumpet? No. Is it blocked on either end? No. Is it, does it fit into your hand? Yes. Do you have lung capacity to blow? Yes. Are you in a clearing where you can blow it? Yes. Then why aren't you blowing it? Mm. What's wrong with the trumpet? Nothing, nothing wrong. So blow the trumpet. If you don't blow it and the people are not warned, if the sword come and take any person, how many is any? A rough number. How many is any? <laughs> there you go. Any is any. If anyone is taken on your watch, watchman, as a direct result of you refusing to blow the trumpet, if he's taken away in his sin, which that's what iniquity is, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. I didn't write that. 
It's right there in the book. You think God is joking? You think he's kidding? I put people in and around your life that you are refusing to engage for one reason or the other. Whether it's your, your perceived image of self or ego or disinterest, whatever the reason. Or it may be, I feel, oh, I'm unworthy. Oh, I can't. I can't speak the Quang's English properly. Whatever the excuse. Mm. Their blood is required on the hands of the watchman. Mm. You should be blowing the horn. That's my, that's my cousin Vinny. He never listens to me. That's my Uncle Larry. He doesn't like God, so I don't talk about God. Cousin Larry, Uncle Vinny, Cousin Vinny, Uncle Larry, however you want to say it, is going to a burning hell for eternity. Do you want to start thinking about that now? Mm. I don't know anyone that I want to see go to hell. Not even my worst so-called enemy. Mm. Nobody. I don't care who they are. I don't want to see any human being go there. Blow the trumpet. Sound the alarm. Let's look deeper, ladies and gentlemen. Let's look further afield. We're trying to, we're trying to get there, brother. You asked the question earlier. We're trying to get there by God's grace. The panoramic view. What is man at his core? Man is tripartite. This is a Christian theology term. The view of being tripartite holds that mankind is a composite of three distinct components, being spirit, soul, and body. Now, when you understand that, you understand this. What you are made of and how you are made are the keys to understanding how the enemy comes to the field to sow the tares. Those are the three areas he has to work with. Spirit, soul, body. Wherever you are existing, the enemy is looking at that as a potential target area. The spirit of the man, the soul of the man, the body of the man. Are we understanding this simple point here? The triune Godhead gives us a reflection of why we are triune. The Godhead is triune. 1 John 5, 7. For there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. Those are the distinctions of the Trinity. And in like fashion, he says, let us make man in our own image. He makes us also triune. Your spirit, your soul, your body are compacted into you are one being. Having spirit, soul, and body. When you say God is God, he's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Not three different gods as the Muslims erroneously say. One God. Amen. Now you're understanding this. This is, this is the bedrock of our launch. So I know if I'm going to be vigilant, if I'm going to watch, I have three areas I need to be watching. Spirit, the me that knows, as it says, humanity is under assault in all three of these areas. The spirit, spiritual knowledge, God consciousness, the soul, the seat of the emotions, personality, intellect, self-consciousness, and body. 
That's world consciousness, your five senses as we discussed. So those are the areas every human being under the sound of my voice is facing an assault in all three areas. If you're born again, Christ has come to the center, the spirit. There he reigns. Does he reign in your soul compartments? Is he God over your emotions? Are you prone to your senses? Are you a slave to your appetites? Are you living in the physical world too much? I want my pleasure. I want my pleasure. I want my pleasure. So that the physical man is dominant and the spiritual man is down here. Mm -hmm. So that the flesh, when the flesh wants something, you just run and do its bidding. As opposed to saying, no. Holy Spirit, you govern my spirit. I will do according to the word of God. If you say, don't eat today, we're not eating. And you tell your soul and your flesh, shut up. God is called a fast. I'll get back with you later. But if you are not able to do that, that means the flesh is in control. I want to hear my favorite song. I don't like your song. I want my song. That's your flesh. Out of control. I don't like that. That's your flesh. Holy Spirit, govern me. Cause me to bow, to bend to your will. If I'm going to watch, if I'm going to be a watchman, if I'm going to be vigilant, if I'm not going to be deceived, I have to become this way. I I cannot be guided by my flesh thinking I'm watching for the enemy. You're helping him. You have to become this way. These are the times, ladies and gentlemen, they are sending everything in the kitchen sink at everybody. We need to be wise to see it. This is where the story turns for the next 10 minutes. Leading up to this, we see the battlefield, spirit, soul, and body. We see that it is laid out in a particular way to bring a conclusion. Understand that God has a will and a purpose that is overshadowing all. Beneath the will and the purpose of God, there is the ideas of the enemy. As we said before, previously, he's never given up on the idea of being God of this world. The enemy has never, ever left that agenda. So everything you will see him doing, you say the thief is going to the field. Why is he going to the field? He wants to do what? Mingle his seed with God's seed. Are you understanding? If you got that, then you're ready for this. <laughs> if you got that, you're ready for this. The enemy wants to mingle his seed with God's seed. Uh, amen. So he wants it mixed up. Why? Because it works to his favor. Because if he can sow his seed into God's field, he can disrupt God's harvest. Students of the, of the word, if you go, go to Genesis chapter 6, I'll give you a clue. It's, it's towards the front of the Bible. <laughs> Chapter 6, beginning in verse 2. That the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair. And they took them wives of all which they ch- chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he is also flesh. Yet his day shall be a hundred and twenty years. Are you seeing this? Mm -hmm. Verse 4. 
there were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which are of old men of renown. Now you just sat there in church and read that, didn't you? Nobody made that up. You read it with your own eyes. That here in the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, is one of the most strange stories you could ever come across. These giants are referred to as Nephilim. They are the offspring of fallen angels and carnal women mingled together. They produced giantism. There are many artifacts, and I'm not talking about Photoshop, I'm talking about actual digital photography. The Smithsonian Institute, this is an aside, this is an information aside, but we're not leaving the topic. But the Smithsonian Institute has been charged with collecting upwards of 90% of all of the giant cadavers, bones, and skeletons in the world. Collecting them, archiving them, destroying others. This photo, as you can see from Cairo, from Egypt, was an unearthing. Now you look at the size of the head comparative to the size of the head of the person digging him up. You see the shadow there. Now again, forensic uh, techniques. Yes, you could take this acid bath that you could look for layers. You could tear it apart. People have been trying for years to disprove this. But you have a problem here. And the problem is what you just read. The Bible says there were giants in those days. Now, if you don't believe that, you should also not believe that Jesus went to the cross for you. It's in the same book. If you don't believe that which you just read, you should also not believe in Noah's Ark. If you don't believe this, you should also not believe that he's coming again. Why would you? If you start saying, I believe this, I don't believe that. I believe this, I don't believe that. You have nothing. Either it's God's word or it is not. This is the part where they come out and point in your face and say, you're crazy, you're crazy, you're crazy. <laughs> now, if you're not ready for that kind of encounter, then you might not want to say anything about the Nephilim, even though it's in Scripture. If you don't feel confident, then just don't say anything. Ask God to forgive you for being afraid, afraid cat. If you look deeper... It said they were men of renown. They became known. They were mighty men. That's that word we saw last week, the Geberim. They were huge. Job 1.6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of the who? The sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. That's for those people who think they're, just, they're humans. These are not human beings. The sons of God are the angels, the fallen ones in this case. And as they presented themselves, Satan, who was what? An angel, presented himself also. 
It's in the book of Job. You can go there and read it any time. Job 38.7 goes further and says, When the morning stars sang together, and all the sons of God shouted for joy. If you read it in context, you will see it's talking about the pre-creation of God. So you certainly can't say that those were men. Those sons of God are the angels who came in to the daughters of men and had sex with them, married them. These offsprings of angels and women are known as the Nephilim or the giants. They corrupted the flesh of men in order to avoid Genesis 3.15. What does Genesis 3.15 tell us? Let's go over there and take a look at that. 3.15. And I will put enmity. Oh, I can go farther. I'll go to, I'll go to 14. Uh, and the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, who? Thee and the woman, and between thy seed. Are you reading this? Whose seed? If you, go to, if you open your Bible, it's right there. Genesis 3 and 15. Between thy seed. Mm -hmm. Who is he talking to? My goodness. The serpent. Mm -hmm. Then what, what are seed? What, what, you know what seed are. Your progenitor, your children. So you mean Satan has children? Well, I wish you had a Bible. You could read it. You see it. You see between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, her seed is referring to, the Bible scholars among us will say, who's her seed? Jesus. I answered it for you. Thy head, he's talking to the serpent, will be bruised. The headship authority, bruised, crushed. And thou shalt bruise his heel, singular, his heel. And he goes on to then speak to the woman there. So this is foretold. So the enemy saw that if this woman brings forth her seed, it's going to bruise my head. So what did he set about to do? Corrupt the seed so that it will not bring this prophecy to pass. That's what the whole, they, they weren't just mingling with the women because, oh, she's kind of cute. I think I'll get with her. No, there's a plan here. If I can destroy what God has prophesied in chapter three of Genesis to us, it's a chapter to them. It was not. It was a prophecy that the woman will bring forth a seed that's going to destroy you. The enemy says, oh, no, let me get ahead of the train. You can't get ahead of God, but he's just stupid enough to try it. Mm. Mingling the seed. We opened up by reading the field was perfect. It was okay. What happened? The enemy came and says, I'm going to mingle my seed in with the wheat. So when it comes up, it will be a ruined harvest. He knew that men did not have the technical skills to take the wheat and the tares apart. 
And when you go back and read the story, the owner of the field actually says that. Why? Because the men who now have woken up say, hey, should we go and remove the tares? He says, no. Lest you remove the weed as well. So the enemy already knew you don't have the skills to undo what I have done. Only God can do that. Only God can separate this seed out. So he begins to tamper with God's creation to make it what God did not intend. Why? Because if the seed is corrupted, there is no pure blood sacrifice. How can Jesus be the sinless lamb if he's half Nephilim or half angel fallen? So I mess up the seed, the bloodline. It's the genetic code, ladies and gentlemen. It's the DNA. If I can destroy the genetic code, they will never have a savior. Because the lamb has to be what? Pure. Sinless. Without corruption. That's why Jesus had no natural father. He had a mother and the Holy Spirit put the life energy in the womb and the egg multiplied, separated as normal and brought forth this baby Jesus. But had these angels had their way, it would have never happened. And he would say, I won, I won, I corrupted it. That's why it was corrupted, ladies and gentlemen. Are we still there? This is some heavy ground to walk on. Oh, Father God. <laughs> Woo! This is why we're here, to learn something and to understand something. So we continue that line. Genesis 6, 5 tells us clearly. And God saw that the wickedness of man, listen at this, listen very carefully. This is verse 5 of chapter 6. What happened in chapter 4, ladies and gentlemen? When you look at chapter 4, excuse me, verse 4, chapter 6, the next verse down is 5. And it says, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every, what? And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Why? <laughs> Why? Verse 5. It just, it just blew a horn right in our face. Verse 4 is why. From the, from the garden, all men were outside of the perfect will of God because they were fallen. Something else happened. Something else happened that caused every thought to be continuously evil. Their genetic code was mixed in verse 4. So in verse 5, you have the production of what happens when you mingle fallen angels with fallen humans. Every thought was wicked. I tried to imagine. Could you imagine every thought? I mean every thought? Can I have one clear thought? You mean every thought? Constantly, every person they looked at, what can I do to her? What can I do to him? What can I do to them? Here's the enemy going around looking at your perfect seed and your perfect field. How can I sow something in there? 
We can't imagine it because we don't have that kind of mind. But the Bible is telling us everyone was switched. Their nature turned to a deeper darkness. Oh my God, a deeper darkness. Why? Because the seed was mingled. <laughs> you were walking ahead of me, but you're exactly right. That this corruption was so bad, it went down into the animal kingdom. It wasn't just the humans. It also affected the beasts of the field. How do you think you got your dinosaurs? You, you think God made, quote, terrible lizards? That God made carnivorous lizards to eat men? The fallen angels. God Almighty. Destroyed the genetic code of the lizards and the toads and the serpents to create the terrible lizards that we called dinosaurs. Yeah, you don't want to believe. I can prove it. I can definitely prove it. This corruption did not stop there. Go to 6, 12. And God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was what? Corrupt. What does the next line say? For how much flesh? Oh. My God. All flesh. All flesh, Goodness. not some, all flesh. This is, this is real. They corrupted all flesh, had corrupted its way on the earth. Genesis 6, 13, and God said unto, uh, unto Noah, the end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled, not partially, it's filled with violence. Through them. Them who? What them are you talking about? The fallen ones. They have corrupted everything. Despicable as it is. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. God's not playing. You have corrupted my plan. You have corrupted my seed. You have corrupted man that I have made to the point where I need to wipe the slate and start all over with Noah, who was genetically pure, had not been contaminated yet, which is why he was a high-value item. With all your understanding that these fallen ones corrupted all of mankind. When we say, be vigilant, when we say, watch, when we say, hearken, ladies and gentlemen, by the grace of God, we're going to see who's trying to bring this back. What you see reading here, there are scientists, very well-educated individuals, who are trying to bring everything you see here back. Why do you think the Egyptians mummified the cadavers. They were told in advance, preserve the DNA. Preserve the DNA. We're gonna, 
they had the head, you don't know it because you didn't look it up, but they had the head of Nimrod in Iraq. Oh, they went to, to war over oil. No, they got the head of Nimrod from Iraq. Resurrection time. Resurrection time. Everything that God has done, the enemy has tried to imitate it. Mm. You have a chosen one, he has a chosen one. Mm. Jesus came out of the grave, we got one that's going to come out of the grave. This is for our armaments, ladies and gentlemen. When you know certain things, your prayer life changes. The weapon of war that you have in the word of God, it becomes an active tool. It's not just a dusty Bible that you blow off every Sunday and come read a couple of Bible verses from Psalms. You go to war with this book yes. for your generation, for your children's children, yes. for your neighbors. Amen. They brought it to us. They came to our field. Now we're taking it to them. Where did the enemy go after he sold his tares? Go after them, Holy Spirit. Arrest them. Bind them up and stop them. They're trying to open portals. Dimensions they know nothing about. Because they've been told there's knowledge in here if you come in here. I, can, I will show you next week. By the grace of God. Father, in Jesus' name. Lord, we are fully awake. Amen. Our eyes are on you and we see clearly because your word has shown us the way. We refuse all forms of sleep and blindness. Amen. We reject anything that would shut our vision or dull our ears or cause us not to hear the right words of God. Amen. Daddy, we break every fear and cast off every intimidating factor. We know that this battle is already won Amen. and that you are already the victor. Amen. And you have given us the victory Amen. to maintain and to uphold until you come. Yes, and in your name we pray yes, with all clarity and boldness and understanding of the word of God. That there is no weapon Amen. fashioned against us that shall prosper. But you have already yes. designated us in yourself to be victorious. Daddy, we pray for our generation yes. and our children's children. Yes. Yes. That their eyes might be open. Oh. That they might be delivered Amen. from this microwave radiation. Yes. That they might be delivered yes. from this suicidal Amen. technology. Amen. That they might be saved, Daddy God, and understand the times and the seasons in which they live. We thank you for causing us to live now, right at this moment, to do your will and to keep your commandments. In the name of Jesus. Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Put your arm around your neighbor, your friend. My neighbor. Tell them they are called of God. Amen.